Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Hey, good morning. This is your early Sunday morning gospel program, Morning Inspirations. It's now time for prayer. It's prayer time. Before we go to the throne of grace, your thanks and admiration for all he's done. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're coming to you, Lord. 
once again, thank you. Thank you for last night's laying down. And this morning's third arrival. Uh, we, we dare not take it, take it for granted. Well, we, we thank you for all your many blessings. Thank you for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. We lift up family, our church family, our neighbors, uh, our pastor and his family. I ask you to men, wherever, wherever that's, that pain, whatever that pain is, bothering you, that you heal it. Name of Jesus. Heal, not the broken. Listen. Help my wife to move on. Give her the strength to continue. Give her the strength to carry on, Lord. Give her the faith, Lord. Speak to her heart, Lord. Those in the nursing homes, hospice care. We lift up those who are in prison walls. We lift up, we lift up those who are. We lift up our children to the Lord. that they go back to school.
the kingdom of God would look like, he showed them. That's the Reverend David Hodges, and today he brings you an inspiring message entitled, To Move, To Touch, To Heal. I'm Peter Wallace, and this is Day One. Welcome to Day One, the weekly program that brings you outstanding preachers from America's historic Protestant churches, sharing insight and inspiration from God's Word for your life. Now to introduce this week's preacher, here's our host, Peter Wallace. Thank you, Sherry. Today on Day One, we're delighted to have with us the Reverend David B. Hodges. President and Chief Development Officer of the St. Francis Foundation in Salina, Kansas. He also serves as Provost of Christ Episcopal Cathedral in the Diocese of Western Kansas. Earlier, he served as Rector of St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Holy Comforter in Charlotte, and Interim Rector of St. Luke's in Jacksonville, Alabama. David is a graduate of Sanford University and earned a Master's in Criminal Justice from the University of Alabama. He received his Master of Divinity degree from the Episcopal Seminary of the Southwest in Austin, Texas. David, welcome to Day One. Thank you. Great to be here. You are president of the St. Francis Foundation based in Salina, Kansas, which has a motto, pray, then get your hands dirty. I love that. Essentially, you're all about putting the gospel into action. Give us an overview of the foundation and the work that it supports. St. Francis Foundation is a supporting foundation, and through fundraising, church relations, and marketing, uh, all of our efforts support the work that is done uh, through St. Francis Community Services in taking care of children and families. And give us a, a sense of the breadth of that work. We currently work in five states and uh, in two countries in Central America. Focuses on uh, providing a variety of services to children and families, um, such as uh, foster care, uh, adoption, family reintegration um, and, and in Mississippi we have a unique ministry that's uh, devoted to um, providing uh, developmentally disabled adults um, with a chance to live independently. How do you see your role especially in our country now where services such as these seem to be declining? Part of the, of the effort that we're Engaged in at this point is to is to find places where it because mm -hmm. the, either the quality of care is declining or or where the services are not what they need or should be, is to uh, uh, look for opportunities where we might be able to provide those type of services, mm -hmm. which we've been providing um, in the state of Kansas for mm -hmm. a number of years, where child welfare has been privatized for. Um, so how did this work all get started? Give us a sense of the history. Uh, it was started by an Episcopal priest named Bob Mize, who later became a bishop. Um, and he uh, literally went out onto the, into the plains of, of, of Kansas and began taking in boys who were runaways, who were riding in on trains and hopping off. And uh, he formed a boys' home and, and became uh, known for, for being a place boys and for runaway boys, um, and, and that's that's what shaped and formed its identity. So we've historically had this affiliation with the Episcopal Church um, and, and, still, and still do. You mentioned that part of the role of the St. Francis Foundation is church relations. What does that involve? Because of our historic affiliation with uh, the Episcopal Church, we feel like it's important for us to 
not only to maintain that relationship, but to uh, look actively look for ways to to strengthen it, but also to as 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 it is appropriate to be in conversation with um, parishes and with dioceses about how we might be able to work collaboratively um, on uh, projects that may be ongoing in those places or in uh, uh, projects that we might mutually um, work together on. I also understand you encourage congregations and individuals to be involved in prayer for the women, children, and families you work with. How do they do that? Well, they, they can do that in a formal way by actually taking a, a particular child who is in mm -hmm. our care and, 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 and making a commitment to pray for that child. Uh, part of what our church relations staff does is they um, are, are in churches and at dioceses and conventions is make that available to people. We, we then use that as, a, as not an opportunity to um, have make sure that, that, that children who are in our care are prayed for mm -hmm. and are remembered in prayer, but also as a way of establishing relationships uh, with people and mm -hmm. help them learn more about the work and ministry that we do at St. Francis. And how can our listeners find out more information about this work? Go to www.thesaintfrancisfoundation.org. Great. You were a parish priest serving several churches as rector or associate rector or interim in the southeast U.S. for a number of years. So what drew you to take up this work? I was attracted to this work because of the mission of St. Francis. Because it's a unique, it was a unique opportunity for me to be able to you know, exercise my ministry as a priest in a, in a setting that, was, that is obviously not a parish setting, mm -hmm. but is clearly connected to the ongoing life and work um, um, of the church. And to be able to, to really live into what, it, what I think it means to, to be the church in the world was, was, was very appealing, and it's actually been uh, more than I even expected or hoped that it would be. I'm curious about your calling to the ministry. You earned a master's in criminal justice, but ended up some years later in seminary. So what happened? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people ask me that question. Um, when I graduated from college, I had, had, had thought about and planned to go to law school, and, and but wasn't quite ready to do that. And I went into law enforcement and, and worked for uh, for seven years um, as, a, as an officer and as a detective. Um, and, and during that period of time also, as you pointed out, earned a, a master's degree in criminal justice. I grew up in a clergy family. My dad is a Baptist, uh, Baptist person. And so I'd always had been influenced by, by, um, by what I had seen and learned and, and as, as a child growing up and in my conversations with both of my parents, who both of them went to seminary. So actually working in law enforcement and seeing and experiencing some of the things that I did during that time were, were really very instrumental in, in, my, in my later on discerning a call into the ordained ministry when I, when I came into the Episcopal Church. Mm -hmm. Well, David, your sermon today is based on the gospel lesson for the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany, Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. Would you read it for us? As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, 
and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. David, what struck you from this text as you prepared your message for today? As I mentioned to you uh, in their conversation uh, when I was initially looking at the text, um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about it in terms of the work and ministry that we do at St. Francis. But as I started reading through it and thinking about the sermon that I wanted to prepare, what what stood out for me was how in the first part, very first part of Mark's gospel, we're introduced to Jesus as being someone who was healing and touching and being with people in the significant uh, in the significant ways that he was through the healing that he was offering and providing to them. Mm. Your sermon is entitled, To Move, To Touch, To Heal. David, thanks for sharing it with us. Thank you for having me. healing and hope to children and families. This is something that I think and speak a lot about in the work I do through the ministry of St. Francis Community Services. Healing and hope are the cornerstones of the mission of St. Francis, and one of the ways we offer healing and hope is through work that takes place in our psychiatric residential treatment facility. This facility focuses on the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of children who have experienced severe trauma. Children who are admitted to the facility bring with them everything that is adversely impacting their lives. The demons that some of them have known and continue to know are very real. Last fall, a 17-year-old boy, whom I will call Daniel, was referred to our staff at the facility. When the process of evaluating Daniel for admission began, the St. Francis team discovered that Daniel had significant intellectual disabilities and was unable to speak. At 17, Daniel was functioning at the level of a six-month-old child. Because of the kind of neglect he experienced growing up, Daniel had never been to a doctor and had never received any dental care. It was also reported that Daniel only slept a few hours each week, which contributed to him being easily overstimulated and stressed. He required assistance with everything, including bathing and brushing his teeth. He also needed help eating because Daniel still did not know how to use utensils. Daniel had been in the custody of his grandmother, but because of her mental health issues, she had not provided adequate care for him. She had been able to evade authorities and the school system by literally hiding Daniel away, locking him in basements and closets. When his case was presented to St. Francis, there was concern about whether the team was equipped to provide the kind of care that someone as traumatized as Daniel would need. But the executive director of the facility said that after reading just the first three paragraphs of the report, he knew immediately that they needed to admit Daniel. 
from the Jordan River to the wilderness, to the Sea of Galilee, where he calls his first disciples, to the synagogue in Capernaum, to Peter and Andrew's home, to a deserted place where he goes to pray, and then on to towns throughout Galilee, Jesus is on the move. But in the opening chapter of Mark's Gospel, where we read about all of this moving around, the story of Jesus and the development of his ministry can feel somewhat disjointed and unplanned. It is only when you step back and look at the movement of Jesus that you begin to see that each move he makes is part of a larger pattern. In the fundraising business, there's a process called moves management. It is a tool that fundraisers use to build relationships with someone who is or may become a donor. The relationship is moved along with a number of touches that are designed to be carried out over a period of time. The moves take the potential donor from awareness to interest, to involvement, and finally to investment. Managing the way people move makes the process more predictable and more productive. Moves management is highly individualized and it focuses on the person, not on the amount of money that person may give. It is based on three principles. Know your audience, speak their language, and take care of them. As Jesus moves, it is clear that he isn't just moving for no reason. He is interacting with, touching, and healing people. In doing so, Jesus got to know his audience, their needs, and concerns. He spoke their language and could address them in ways that mattered. And most of all, Jesus cared for the people he met. Up to this point in Mark's account of the story, Jesus has already interacted with Peter, Andrew, James, and John. He has responded to a man who is possessed by a demon, and now he is with Peter's mother-in-law, lifting her up and restoring her health. Then as the moving around continues, we are told that many people are brought to Jesus with a variety of illnesses and demons, and that he responds by touching and healing all of them. The next morning, Jesus makes another move that takes him away from the crowds and the intensity of the work he has been doing. Jesus goes to a quiet place where he spends time in prayer. That is where Peter and the others find him, and together they begin to move again, because as Jesus tells them, he is supposed to proclaim the message. That is exactly what Jesus does as he continues to move, to touch, and to heal. It has been pointed out that for Jesus, proclaiming the message was about more than words and included the ways he brought healing to people. And as Jesus moved around healing, exercising demons, and bringing hope, he made that message, those words, real. He didn't just tell people what the kingdom of God would look like. He showed them. Jesus reached out to and touched people who, because of disease, their behavior, or their demons, were suffering. He reached out to and touched those who had been made ritually unclean and banned from their religious and social communities. All of the moves that Jesus made had a purpose, and in those moves there is a pattern that has something to say to us about who Jesus is. It also has something to say to each of us about the work and ministry of Christ into which we are called. As the St. Francis staff talked about whether they should admit Daniel, the executive director decided to trust his instincts that were telling him that his team could help. He reminded them that their work is centered on unconditional love and their job is to be an instrument of healing. 
The decision was made for Daniel to be admitted, and the process of healing began. As soon as Daniel arrived, he began to receive one-on-one care. He was sent to a doctor and a dentist for the first time in his life. The staff began teaching him how to eat properly, how to care for himself, and how to sleep through the night. With every move they made with Daniel, his behavioral reactions began to decrease tremendously. The executive director, who had followed his instincts and pushed for Daniel to be admitted, sent me a note about him in which he said, the most important thing you can do to a human being is keep them safe. In the beginning of Mark's gospel, Jesus travels throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message and casting out demons. And at the end of Mark's gospel, we hear more of the same. Remember what the angel says to the women who go into the tomb after the crucifixion and discover that the body of Jesus isn't there? The angel tells them that Jesus has been raised from the dead. Then he tells the women to go and to let the disciples know that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. As we move around going from place to place and person to person, we do not always know what is going on in the lives of those we come into contact with. But what we can know is that Jesus is out there, having gone ahead of us to Galilee, to Salina, Kansas, to Birmingham, Alabama, to Los Angeles, to New York City. Jesus is waiting, inviting, wanting, and assuring Daniel and you and me and all of us that the crucified and risen Jesus is moving among us, touching us, and bringing healing and hope. At the same time, just as those first women were called to tell the good news of the resurrected Jesus, You and I are also called to continue that ministry and to be instruments of what Frederick Buechner describes as the power that calls us both to heal with and to be healed by. When things are shattered and broken by sudden violence and death, when lives and families fall apart because of poverty, addiction, and trauma, when children have to be removed from their homes, when our religious and political structures seem polarized beyond repair, We, the people who follow Jesus, have something holy, unique, and much needed that we can offer. As Bishop Michael Curry writes, being a Christian is not essentially about joining a church or being a nice person, but about following in the footsteps of Jesus, taking his teaching seriously, letting his spirit take the lead in our lives. To all of us who need and are looking for healing and hope, the message of Jesus is the message that we can proclaim. The opportunity for us is to resist the urge to stay where we are comfortable and begin to move. The challenge laid before us is to actively seek out people in situations where we can respond, where we can touch, and where we can be what Teresa of Avila refers to as the eyes, the feet, the hands, the The world desperately needs the healing and hope of the one who has already gone ahead of us. All to live in the example of Jesus, we are asked to look with compassion and to move, to touch, and to heal as Jesus did. There are many Daniels out there, many who are in need of healing and hope. How will the ministry of Jesus move you?
Reverend David B. Hodges was our preacher today. David is an Episcopal priest who serves as president and CEO of the St. Francis Foundation based in Salina, Kansas. For a free transcript of his message for the fifth Sunday after Epiphany, call us toll-free at 1-888-411-DAY1. That's 888-411-3291. Or write to us at Day 1, 2715 Peachtree Road, Atlanta, Georgia, 30305. And remember, Day 1 depends on our listeners' financial contributions. We're grateful for your support. I'm Sherry Miller. Next time on Day One, we're delighted to have with us the Reverend Cutno Alexander, pastor of Christus Victor Lutheran Church in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. His sermon for Transfiguration Sunday is entitled, The Happiest Place on Earth. You won't want to miss it. David Hodges offers some final reflections on his sermon today with our host, Peter Wallace. David, in Mark's gospel, Jesus is on the move, and sometimes Mark's account of the early development of Jesus' ministry can feel a bit disjointed and unplanned, you told us. As you put it, it's only when you step back and look at the movement of Jesus that you begin to see that with each move he makes, it's part of a larger pattern. He's interacting with, touching, and healing people. He gets to know people, their needs and concerns. And most of all, he cares for the people he meets, you said. You can sense a passion, a determination in Jesus to do what he was called to do. Is that a passion that we can develop as well? I think so. Because I I feel like that we move and move and move. And I mentioned that, I referenced that in my sermon as we go from place to place to person to person. My sense is that we do that as much now as maybe mm. we ever have. And so what I was trying to convey or hoping to convey in that is that, you know, as we do that and with the fluidity of our society and the rapid way in which we're always moving, that we have a chance and opportunity, I think, mm. you know, to be able to, to connect with people in ways that, that go deeper than just moving and moving on, mm-hmm. but, but to find, to be intentional about looking for ways to touch and to and to heal. And I, and I think within the context of the church, mm-hmm. that, that maybe that's more important now than ever before. And it creates an opportunity, I think, for us to look for ways to be, to not just be moving and moving and moving for the sake of moving, but to look, be strategic about mm-hmm. how we move mm-hmm. and to move into areas and situations where we can provide what I think is is something that's unique. Mm -hmm. Jesus tells his disciples that he is supposed to proclaim the message, but you pointed out that for Jesus, proclaiming the message means not just telling people what the kingdom of God is, but showing them by reaching out and touching people who, because of their disease or their behavior or their demons, were suffering. People just like Daniel in your sermon. Would you say more about how we can proclaim the good news in similar ways today? also mentioned in in the sermon that, that there's this 
what we what I think we see in Jesus was not just words but actions. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, that's the opportunity that we have now before us is to, is to, is to live into you know what sometimes might be labeled as just um, rhetoric about mm. being the church in the world, but really getting out into those places where 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 we know that there is need, where we know that that, that we can do something to provide hope and healing, um, or or to be willing to at least discern ways that we can provide hope and healing, whether it be through the institutional church or whether it be through organizations like St. Francis and others who are doing um, a ministry that provides that type of healing and hope to people. And I'm sure you found in your work with St. Francis Foundation that the more you interact intentionally in these ways, the more love and meaning you find in your own life. Absolutely, yeah. You know, just in the in the story that I used in, in my sermon, you know, the first time I heard that, I was visiting our facility mm-hmm. with a group of people, and I and I heard the executive director tell that story. And I've heard other stories mm-hmm. like that, but but that particular one was to me just caught me. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 there are, as I've mentioned, there are many Daniels out mm-hmm. there, um, and 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 those who are just. We don't all, we're, that we're not always aware of, and that we're not, not always making the effort to um, to try to look for a way to to, to be the, the Christ for them. Mm-hmm. David Hodges, thank you for being with us. Thank you very much for having me here. Day One is the voice of America's mainline Protestant churches. Visit us online at dayone.org. Our program is recorded and edited by Donald Jones and produced by Peter Wallace. Thank you for joining us. I'm Sherry Miller wishing you all God's blessings on day one and forever.
paid churchgoers looking for a little morning inspiration? Well, listen to Morning Inspiration and the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Well, I was 10 when I first got involved with drugs. I skipped school because, you know, nobody cared. I, mean, I was on drugs, and my mom didn't really care because she was on drugs. She was never home. When I first got pregnant, school was not important to me, so I dropped out. And now that I'm 15, I have two babies. I was heading nowhere. I just thought the only way I can make something out of my life is if I get an education. One day I was locked up. That's when I really realized that, I mean, it wasn't for me. Like, I was only in there two months, but to me that was enough. It'd be better for me to stay in school, just get my education. I still need to go to school to make, make it for myself. Stay in school. Give yourself a chance. I think I'm happier now. I know I'm happier now. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no. What are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6 declares, Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. God told Saul to totally destroy the Amalekites, but he disobeyed, choosing instead to spare some of them. Whenever God tells you to totally annihilate an enemy, never falter, because that enemy will come back and attack you time and again. In this passage, David was greatly distressed because those same Amalekites attacked his personal home, his fortress in Ziglag burning it down and taking captive all who were there, including his soldiers' wives and children. The sorrow of David's men was so great, they even spoke of stoning David, but he remained steadfast in his faith toward God. Friend, when even your home seems torn apart and your closest companions fail you, do not give in to despair. Instead, like David, get alone until you're not alone anymore. Turn to the Lord your God and strengthen yourself in him. He will give you the strength to not only pursue your enemies, but to overcome them. We are talking about our world today. Oh, and someone's on the line. Hi, I'm Jacqueline. Welcome, Jacqueline. How old are you? You sound so young. I'm eight. Oh, wow. I assume you're a student, right? Yes, from Jefferson Elementary, and I have a question. Sure, and what's your question? We all know the Earth has seven continents that currently carry 193 countries. Those continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that the vast majority of our planet, 71%, is comprised of water. 
Taking into consideration man automatically adapts to environmental conditions, why is it that I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs no introduction. His credits are too long to live. He has done the impossible time after time. He has, out of a manger in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, by way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy is the author of a book that has been on the bestseller list since the beginning of time. He holds the record for the world's greatest fish fry. He fed 5,100 souls with two fish, five loaves of bread. He can walk on water, turn water into wine. No special effects, no camera tricks. He has a headshot on every church fan across the country. Even before the kings of comedy, he was hailed the king of all kings. Ruler of the universe, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the bright and the morning star. Some say he's the rose of Sharon, and some say he's the prince of peace. Get up on your feet. Put your hands together and show your love for the second coming of the one and only. Yeah, this nigga's this nigga's murder. Keep it locked with your boy on the one today. Yo, 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 you in the mood. World's finest, mate. Go, go, going in. Going in. Now the wheels are still.
herald angel sing, glory to the newborn King Jesus, the light of the world. Come on, you can sing this with us. Hark the herald say.
You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down. 
Hi, this is Johnny, and on one of our Wheels for the World trips to Peru, I met a Christian man who had traveled far from the Andes Mountains. He had brought his disabled sister, and he told me that they were just nobodies, no one of real importance. Well, when he received the wheelchair for his sister, we showed him First Peter, where the apostle tells us we are God's elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ. We reminded this Christian man and his disabled sister that the entire Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, were actively involved in their lives. Their circumstances may have been humble, but they left with a wheelchair, a Bible, and the confidence that they were chosen by God, his elect. Don't forget, friend, you are too. Learn more about how you can help the disabled by visiting us at johnnyandfriends.org. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's perfect. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Oh, yo. 
Join us tonight at 8 p.m. for Nation Talk here on Talk You and Jim Radio. Then we'll see which near you. Would you join with me, please, in prayer? Pray with me, Lord Jesus. I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on a cross, paid the price for all the wrong things that I have done. 
I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that puts you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead. From the death of sin, you are giving me a new life. The life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kennedy Jenkins. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.